You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. We got a good one for you. In fact, so good that I think we ought to get to it right away. Andy Biggs, one of the great members of the, one of the most vocal and influential members in Congress, particularly when it comes to border security and House Judiciary issues, also one of the leaders of the House Freedom Caucus. He's here. He had an incredible hearing with the DEA administrator on fentanyl. He's going to have some pretty strong words about the Biden administration's focus here. I'll talk about Hunter Biden, the dual system of justice, and of course, Alejandro Mayorkas's head-scratching testimony this week. We'll have all that at the top of the show. Chad Wolf will follow right behind him, former Homeland Security Secretary. Great guest to have on the show. We'll talk all about the border. We've got three other great guests. Brian Schimming, Wisconsin Republican Party chief. He's got the big and first Republican presidential debate of 2024 in Milwaukee in a few weeks. He also is going to be the host city and the host state for the Republican National Committee nominating convention next year. Brian Schimming is going to give us a preview for both of those. And then two good experts on the economy, Sean Higgins and Phil Bell. Back to back, you're going to enjoy both of them right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. 
That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. We're very lucky today because we're going to start off our show with someone who's right in the middle of that fight over trying to save our judiciary and our judicial system. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, a key member of a lot of the investigative committees that are digging into this, including House Judiciary Committee. He joins us right now. Congressman, good to have you on the show. Good to be with you, John and Amanda. Always. Thanks for what you do. You guys give us so much information. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, sir. Well, we want to thank you. You had a very important hearing. I want to get to in a couple of minutes. But first, over the last 48 hours, we now know what it was that Mark Zuckerberg was trying to keep from Congress when he was doing the rope a dope on those subpoenas. Uh, clear evidence that Joe Biden's White House was contacting Facebook and saying censor things. We want to get your top line reaction to that. Yeah, uh, the the Zuckerberg documents that came out uh, came out only because we were going to hold them in contempt. And those documents actually corroborate earlier testimony that we had indicating that the FBI and the DOJ was actually and the White Biden White House were actually putting pressure on Facebook and other social media companies to basically censor everybody from Tucker Carlson to the 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 Hunter Biden story breaking out where they would lower it down. And, and, and it also shows in some of the documents that Facebook was concerned because they had already they had already um, provided a 50 percent reduction in, in circulation. But it wasn't enough for the Biden White House. The Biden White House wanted total suppression. You know what I call that? That when you use the private sector for political purposes and government is threatening that private sector, that's fascism, that's authoritarianism, and that's what we see. That's what those documents, just a, a, a preliminary cursory look, that's what it tells me. Pretty shocking. Mm. Yeah, I think authoritarianism is, is the theme of what a lot of Americans are seeing, trying to have your political opponent thrown in jail, trying to suppress the information uh, that, that doesn't necessarily favor your narrative. But I wanted to get to this hearing with the DEA because John and I had Secretary Chad Wolf on the show earlier this week, and we talked about this insane number that has revealed that has been revealed out of Texas that 422 million lethal doses since 2021 just in Texas were seized. But you highlighted something important during this hearing, which is we don't know how many thousands of pounds of fentanyl are coming across our border because we only know what's being caught at the ports of entry. There's possibly even more coming through in between those. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the Democrat narrative is always, hey, but but 
90% of the fentanyl we catch is at a port of entry. And as we talked about, you need to understand that the port of entry, you actually have uh, drug sniffing dogs. You have personal one on one encounters between people coming across and vehicles coming across. You have scanners, you have density meters, you have every bit of, of the uh, technology and personnel that you need to actually do that. That's their that's one of their main focuses. When you go between the ports of entry, which are to over 2000 miles, it's so wide open because of the policies of the of this administration you simply don't know what you don't know we do know this however that you've had about two million or more people that have come across in between the ports of entry got in and we know that that we do catch a significant amount of drugs there but we don't catch but a, a small fraction of the drugs coming across the pot is huge you got this much being caught at the port of entry and the rest of it coming through uh, between the ports of entry. So shame on this administration for telling this uh, lying narrative, in my opinion. When you uh, were done with that hearing, so I want to ask, did you have confidence that the DEA director has a handle on this or do we have the wrong DEA director? Well, for this and other reasons, I, I'm not convinced that she's the right DEA director. I mean, look, uh, she's a, under multiple investigations for cronyism and and and, and no-bid contracts to friends and family type thing. and And so... We'll wait to see how those investigations play out. But no, I I was dissatisfied uh, with the answers. You've got so much more that has to be done um, and and they're just not doing it. I don't believe they're doing it. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of folks who a lot of members of Congress think should be removed from their post. After uh, the testimony by Secretary Mayorkas, there are a lot of folks on Capitol Hill, a lot of people we've had on the show who are border officials who have said he absolutely deserves to be impeached. There are impeachable offenses, not just, you know, public opinion. There are actual impeachable offenses for him. Uh, do you think that that we will proceed along this path, that, that an inquiry, inquiry will be opened? And if so, what are what's going to be the crux of that argument to impeach him? Well, so I, uh, Amanda and John, I wish we were going to get to an impeachment inquiry. Um, I, I thought the speaker had indicated that he was willing to do one on Biden, but then he kind of walked it back this week after he sang it. So I'm, I have a feeling that they're going to walk back on this, too. An impeachment inquiry gives us broader authority to to uh, subpoena people in, get more documents and follow this this information up. On the other hand, you actually have due process. So Mayorkas would be able to have an attorney present and they, we'd, any witnesses, any documents, they'd be able to actively participate. It's a very fair, it's a fairer process than you saw in either the uh, Trump impeachments uh, orchestrated by the Democrats. It's actually an investigative process. Um, and but the, but the charges uh, are, are myriad in my, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, people say, well, what are the charges? Well, how about the fact that he lied to Congress? How about the fact that he is telling Congress repeatedly uh, that the border is closed? And why is he telling him it's closed? Because he's ignoring the statute. He himself admitted that uh, this week. He said, well, you know, nobody could do what the statute requires. So we don't, we don't follow the definition that you guys in Congress gave us that we have to follow. We follow our own we create our own definition. But you know what that is? That's anarchy. That's a violation of the law. That's a violation of your oath of office. And in my opinion, that is a public official breaking public trust. And and we can't have him in there for another year and a half. We can't wait till the, the term, which is what the founders believed a high crime was. So that'd be just one example 
Amanda, of why I think that that Mayorkas sh- should we should open an impeachment inquiry on on Mayorkas, not to mention the fentanyl that comes across, the human trafficking, the people who've died, his failure to follow Title VIII, his slow walking of court orders, uh, reinstating MP, uh, uh, migrant protection protocol programs, is his telling uh, people that, that they can come across illegally. His in, it, Look, he created a CBP-1 app, which basically is a concierge application for people who are going to get uh, released into the country faster. Uh, he used parole as a categorical uh, initiative, which is meant to be uh, rarely used and individuated. So, so for instance, before the Biden administration, I think the most you'd ever seen in a single year was 24 parolees. Um, but what he's done, he's done over 300,000 last year, and he's talking uh, the way the program, the way he's initiated it is now about 750,000 for this year or more. He refuses to let ICE remove people uh, when who've already had removal orders. I mean, all of these are violations of his oath of office, violation of the law, in my opinion. You definitely need an inquiry. So we got about a minute left. Uh, I never thought I would go there. I almost never go on this UFO story, but I got to admit this weekend's hearing non-humanoid body parts or, uh, and uh, technology that no one's ever seen on human earth. Your takeaway from the UFO hearing this week. Well, uh, as I used to say in the X-Files, uh, uh, it's out there or something's out there, you know, and I, I, I thought it was interesting because all of the witnesses said that, that, that they have seen uh, these uh, these phenomena that are unexplainable, right? And that the government has covered it up, and they've tried to stigmatize anybody who said that they'd seen this. I thought I thought it was a good thing. We got to get more. We got to see more. Folks are anywhere. Chadwell, former Homeland Security Secretary, right after the messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, amac.us slash just news. That's amac.us forward slash just news. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
He's the former acting secretary of the Homeland Security Department, really an expert on the border and all things uh, security in this country. Joining us right now, Secretary Chad Wolf. Mr. Secretary, good to have you back on the show. Uh, sir, I want to ask a little bit about uh, the ruling. I think uh, maybe Joe Biden was expecting a better outcome with an Obama judge in North Carolina. He got slapped down. Now, maybe on very different rationale than a conservative judge, but the message is the same. Joe Biden, you have to stop making laws that Congress didn't pass. Your reaction to the ruling today? Well, I think it's an interesting ruling. This is the same judge that actually struck down a number of President Trump asylum uh, That's regulations right. yeah. as well. Um, and I think it's important to remember that uh, asylum is not, it's a discretionary tool. It's a discretionary form of relief. And so there's no illegal alien is entitled to it. The government gets to set the ground rules for it. Um, but so unfortunately, this judge has decided to rule uh, contrary to, to the law itself. And so I would say that with this ruling, the judge has sided with the cartels and the human traffickers and the activist NGOs out there. Um, I'm hopeful that the Biden administration will will strongly uh, protest this rule and appeal it. We'll have to see, um, because I think it's really important that um, the executive branch and the president can actually enforce asylum uh, laws. And this judge, as we've seen, not only in this administration, but previously, um, is, has decided that actually you can't do that and is actually making up the law himself. Wow. Interesting. Sir, you, in conjunction with President Trump, the, the yeah. two of you mashed brains on immigration policy and, and had a lot of really great successes. But with this administration, obviously, record numbers pouring across our southern border. We have this latest situation out of Texas where you have a state uh, and its governor, Governor Greg Abbott, who is just trying to take care of his own state. Because if you're going to thwart federal immigration laws, at least states can do can try to do what they can. So yesterday, the issue of these buoys in the Rio Grande Valley. Now the DOJ is suing Texas Governor Greg Abbott, saying that he's he's violating federal waterway laws. My question is, what about your own government violating its own federal immigration laws? It seems to me that one should trump the other here. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. And I think this is just a, a perfect example of the Biden administration's America last approach, right? So instead of working with uh, Governor Abbott in the state of Texas, on how to secure the border, how to make the, the maritime buoys work. Um, instead, they've decided to run to court to sue them, to stop them. And they're not stopping them because it protects American communities or it's protecting Americans, right? Even in their press release in the DOJ filing, they talk about what is best for the illegal migrants. And so you have this continued America last approach to border security. Yep. And the last time I checked, the president was the president of the United States of America and Americans. Um, and he needs to put their interests first, but he's not. Obviously, continues to not do that time and time again. It is really remarkable. And, uh, you know, Texas has sort of been defending the whole country with its efforts. It's perhaps the most aggressive state in trying to undo the harm that the Biden administration has created. We had a story the other day. It's just such a remarkable number. 140 people with known terrorist ties tried to illegally cross the border, sneak in between the ports. So they were trying to sneak in. Uh, it's a ninefold increase from the first year of uh, Joe Biden. And by the way, a 25-fold increase from where uh, uh, President Trump's last year was. Uh, the the uh, there can't be a, it can't be an accident that this surge occurs after the border opened up. What's the best guess of what's going on there right now? Well, what's going on there is obviously you have an open border. You have an open border and you have uh, thousands of gotaways every single month. And so I'll give you two numbers. 
uh, two numbers, which is 16. 16 is the amount of known or suspected terrorists over all four years of the Trump administration that were apprehended along that border. 240 over the first two years of this administration have been apprehended at that border. And it's because uh, the, the rest of the world knows what we see and what we hear, which is if you want to make it in the United States, now is the time to do it, whether it's along the southern border, but we're also seeing other, the northern border and others having increased number of encounters and apprehensions. And so within this flow, not everyone is a terrorist, uh, but within this flow, you're going to see bad people and bad individuals try to take advantage, and that's reflective in these numbers. Mr. Secretary, we consistently see Democrats, liberals uh, with their bleeding hearts being concerned about illegal immigrants coming into our country. We have to give them shelter. We have to give them economic opportunity. And they forget about the uh, the, the dangerous circumstances of, of their journey here. But I think that there's also a situation that we're witnessing as far as buyer's remorse with Democrats saying, yes, please come here. We're a sanctuary state. We're a sanctuary city. And you have Mayor Adams in New York who's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. And we're what I'm seeing now is actually what seems to be mistreatment of illegals because they are, they're treating them like hot potatoes, saying, no, we can't take them. You go here, you go here. When in fact, the problem is that these cities and towns across the southern border never were able to, to take care of them. Do you think that buyer's remorse is going to have an effect politically uh, next year in the election? Uh, well, I certainly hope it does. I don't know that it will change the minds of this administration as far as their strategy. But look, you know, over the past 28 months, I've been told by the left and from this administration that we have to let everyone into the country and that they have every right to go wherever they want to go. So now I think it's interesting that you have Mayor Adams, a Democrat, who is saying, well, no, please don't come to New York. We're at a capacity. Um, and so this is a this is a city of nine million people. And so what do you think about communities along that border? who are 15 or 25,000 that have been overwhelmed from day one. And the Biden administration's not listening to them, doesn't appear to be listening to Mayor Adams as well. But I think he, he kind of said the quiet part out loud, which is we're at a capacity and the federal government has failed us. Yeah, uh, he has. That's, uh, he did say it out loud. Uh, Mr. Secretary, tomorrow your successor, Alejandro Mayorkas, is going to go before Congress facing the very real uh, threat of an impeachment proceeding against him. Um, he has not really adapted his behavior or his changes at all. Defeated in the courts, scolded by the American people in the 2022 election, and uh, constantly being investigated by the House Republicans, and yet he keeps the open border exactly where it is. What should happen tomorrow, and do you think that an impeachment proceeding may be warranted, given what we now know about the department's work on this issue? Well, I think the secretary is going to have a very difficult day tomorrow uh, because the facts are not on his side, unfortunately. And I think that's what House Republicans are coming to come to the table with is a number of overwhelming facts that say you have either bent the law or broken the law. And I believe it's broken the law in many different instances and circumstances. And and what does that do to your credibility and actually the oath that you took uh, to defend this country? And, and why are you taking certain positions that stand in? In, in direct conflict of that. And to date, the secretary hasn't had effective answers to many of that, just saying, well, the, you know, I'm doing my job. Um, and I don't think that that's going to cut it anymore. So we'll, we'll see if his his tune changes or he has a different explanation on why he's taken certain decisions. I don't believe that he has, but I think it's going to be another very difficult and rough day for him. Yeah. 
Sir, I wanted to ask you about these recent numbers because you, you look at polls and it seems that the American people are getting the message that this is a crisis. There was a study that, that you and I talked about at the end of last week about yeah. this uh, that supports that. But I, I wonder where they are getting that information from. Something obviously is getting through to them. But MRC, Media Research Center recently did a study and found that mainstream media networks were spending less than five minutes coverage on drug trafficking. That's Over obviously a, a year, huge. Right? Yeah, yeah that's months. a huge element of the crisis at the border. So people are getting the message. How are they getting it? Well, I think they're getting it from not the traditional or legacy media. I think people have kind of caught on to it that if they want to really understand what's going on, that they need to seek these alternative forms of, of news. Um, and so the NBCs and the CNNs and the ABCs, they don't want to cover it because it's not a good story to tell and because they can't protect this administration, quite frankly. Um, and I think most people understand that, are fed up with it, and most people want to understand what's going on along our borders and what are the challenges we're facing and why do I continue to see my, my friends and my colleagues and family members die of fentanyl? What is going on? And so they're seeking out the facts and the truth, and I think it's starting to resonate. Well, folks, we're going to take it to my old chopping grounds out in Wisconsin. Brian Schimming, the state GOP chairman for Wisconsin, big presidential debate coming up there and a big nominating convention next year. We're going to get a preview from Brian right after these messages. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Every day it seems like we are reminded of how close we are to a possible impeachment or the proceedings thereof of President Biden or those who are actually still in his cabinet today. And earlier today, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene took to the House floor calling for the expungement of former President Donald Trump's two impeachments. And then last night on mainstream media networks, Speaker Kevin McCarthy indicated that the House might be ready for the official impeachment of President Joe Biden. Take a listen. And it is rising to the level of impeachment inquiry, which provides Congress the strongest power to get the rest of the knowledge and information needed. Because this president has also used something we have not seen since Richard Nixon, used the weaponization of government to benefit his family and deny Congress the ability to have the oversight. There are a lot of Republican voters out there saying, finally, but he makes a direct comparison of our current president to former President Richard Nixon. And despite many Americans wanting to see President Biden go out on Marine One like Nixon did, uh, we're going to continue to unravel the corruption of his family. And our next guest is a great person to talk about this. He is the chairman of the Wisconsin Republican Party, and he joins us for an exclusive political conversation right now. Chairman Brian Schimming, welcome back, sir. Good to see you. 
Amanda, John, great to see both of you. Good to see you there. Uh, I think are probably a good number of Republicans across America who would say, well, better late than never. Some would argue that there were reasons to impeach President Biden or at least start the proceedings months ago. What are your thoughts on, on Speaker McCarthy saying that on TV? Well, I think it shows the level of seriousness that this has risen to. Look, we've put up with, you know, now how many dozens of weeks of stonewalling by this administration, and not just on the Hunter Biden issue, by the way, on several issues. And and so uh, it's it's frankly, it's a cover up. It is. I mean, it's a cover up uh, uh, everything but in name right now. And it, it really is a cover up. And this administration has a lot to cover up. Uh, you know, the president and his son and his brother, the whole family, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars when this is over. And I think the people of this country have the right to get some answers about it. And having the president walk by the the press corps without ans- ask, you know, answering any questions whatsoever is a disgrace. I don't care whether he's actually able to answer them or not. We need answers. The president and this administration is involved in an active cover up and it needs to be uncovered and yeah, there's no doubt uh, i was with one of my uh, good sources the other day and he said joe biden's a tino and i said, what's a tino and he said truth and name only yeah. and it, i think it gets us to a very important uh point which is uh, the pre- choice of presidents is most personal when a president looks in the camera says six or eight ten things and they're not true to get the job then he gets an office and he doesn't tell you the truth about the satellite balloon or uh or, or the afghan withdrawal or all the other things uh, it begins to mount. How does Joe Biden's credibility and truth come on the line in 2024? Is that going to be a big issue for Wisconsin voters? I think it will be a big issue here in Wisconsin, John. And and, and frankly, the, the president's uh, favorables have been very, very low in this state, yeah. as they have been across the country. I was say I was in Kenosha this morning was saying to somebody there, look, the cement has hardened around the president's poll numbers. He seems to have a hard time on the favorables getting much above 40 percent. The people have made a decision on this guy's record. This guy's record as president has been Bernie Sanders' dream. And think about this four years ago. I mean, think about what we're talking about right now. Joe Biden ended up the nominee to avoid Bernie Sanders. That was the whole point. You know, he, he was behind by, you know, plurality to get to the nomination. Then they turned to Michael, you know, Bloomberg. He blows a half a billion dollars and gets nothing for it. And then they have to go back to Joe Biden. So Joe Biden was there to avoid the left. I said to a group I spoke to last night, in my mind, I have locked in that vision, that picture of Joe Biden with a pile of executive orders in front of him first day when he got led back to the Oval Office to sign them. So he's he's ruled as a leftist president, number one. But number two, I don't think people in this country, those people in the middle that voted for him against Donald Trump, I don't think they envisioned what Joe Biden has now turned into. They bought something they thought he was, and now he's not that anymore. That's why he can't get his favorables up, because um, he faked them out. And and the, the truth is going to come out now. I don't know if it will be part of impeachment hearings. But the, but the Trump, the president has taken out a lot of water here. And you see it in the polling and focus group work all the time here in Wisconsin and across the country. 
Mr. Chairman, Republicans, I think a lot of people could argue, fell behind with respect to uh, voting measures and some of the advances that Democrats made. Obviously, most recently, the last two election cycles, but I think it started long before that. Of course, in California with ballot harvesting, but in other states with early, early voting and drop boxes and things like that. And I remember uh, a time when Democrats said uh, one thing, and now they seem to be shifting gears on the drop boxes as opposed to mailboxes. Can you talk to us about that? We are six days away from our court flipping from four to three, our state Supreme Court, I should say, mm -hmm. flipping from four to three conservative to four to three liberal. So all those victories that we had in court last year on drop boxes, on uh, the ability of a local court uh, clerk to cure a ballot envelope. We had a number of legal victories last year. Now they're going to court because next Monday, it's just a couple of days away, our court will flip 4-3 liberal. So they want to revisit all those issues before the 2024 elections, uh, including not even having needing to have a witness for an absentee ballot. No witness at all if you send in an absentee ballot. It's ridiculous. The people don't support that. And and to be honest with you, uh, Amanda and John, I'm not going to be surprised if they go at voter ID as well, which is, as you both know, a 70 percenter with the voters in this country. They think voter ID is just fine. But the fact is the liberals don't and they're going after it. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating battle to watch, and it's going to probably make people really nervous to see a court just flip-flop because one person changed on the court. Probably not going to engender a lot of confidence in the impartiality of the court. I want to turn to something that is going to have everybody's eyes on Wisconsin, specifically the city of Milwaukee, in just a few weeks. The first presidential debate of 2024. Uh, Republicans coming town. Not clear whether Donald Trump will be on stage, but it's got quite an event. Uh, the city is going to be pretty full, from what I understand. Big moment, isn't it? It is a big moment. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Milwaukee, also the site of the Republican National Convention. Uh, I was at the debate here in 2016 when we had everybody up on stage uh, that year. So I, I felt the excitement of having the debate come to Milwaukee and to really you know, highlight Wisconsin in front of the nation and really the world. Look, uh, John and Amanda, we, we've talked about this. Wisconsin is not one of 50 states. We're one of five. The right. truth of the matter is, Wisconsin, purple state, we've had 11 statewide races in the last 22 years that have been decided by less than 30,000 votes. That's like a lightning in a bottle, 11 different times in 22 years. So that's a big deal. Uh, and it makes the highlight of the debate huge. We'll have thousands of people flying into Milwaukee here uh, to view this debate. And, and as you both know, national and international attention to it. Whether President Trump is on stage or not, that's kind of the parlor game right now is, <laughs> is whether President Trump will be on stage, but we'll see. Okay, so I know I know wearing your hat as chairman of the Wisconsin GOP, you want President Trump to come because obviously I think ratings would go through the roof and you would have more people descend upon Milwaukee. But but can I ask you to take off that hat for a moment and put on maybe a strategist hat? Because as I think about what would transpire for President Trump being there on the stage or not being there on the stage, it seems to me that it's hard to attack a man who's not there. So maybe maybe there's not an upside or not much of an upside for him being there. 
Yeah, I mean, for him, you know, what's the old rule? You sit on a lead, uh, and and yeah. he, at least statistically in the polling, has a lead uh, right now. And, you know, a double-digit, a pretty substantive lead. So, you know, maybe the Trump calculation is why take the risk of going to Milwaukee, getting on stage. And, and the truth is he'll get on stage, and maybe five or six other people will be sitting there taking shots at him. Yeah. Well, so nobody likes to go through that treatment. And it's right. It's risky, okay? So, but that doesn't... That doesn't mean there aren't advantages to him being there. That's true. He's still Donald Trump. All right, folks, don't go anymore. More incredible conversations with Sean Higgins next after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. The UPS and Teamsters Union reached a tentative contract avoiding a strike that would have shut down a lot of our package delivery across this country. I think that's probably good news for most Americans. But there's a lot more going on in the labor movement today that isn't quite visible to the American public. We've got a perfect guest to take us behind that curtain. Sean Higgins is a research fellow over over at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and he joins us now to talk about contract negotiations and deregulation. Sean, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, this was we've had two major labor moments in the Biden presidency. The first one was the rail strike uh, a little while ago. Obviously, the uh, White House became very involved in that. Got, I think even clapped back at it at one point, but that got, that resolved itself. This one, the White House was kept away from the ruling. Tell us the dynamic differences between the two. Well, the 2021 um, supply chain crisis kind of forced their hand. Um, the economy was seeing seeing serious damage with that. And the administration had the ability through the Railway Labor Act, which is one of the two laws that cover um, uh, these type of negotiations, to literally step in and force terms on on the side. Um, I don't believe that the Railway Labor Act was the one, the controlling one in this case. It was the National Labor Relations Act. In any event, um, the administration, there wasn't quite the concern this time around because it was pretty clear from the outset that the uh, Teamsters had the upper hand. They got most of what they wanted out of the UPS. Uh, UPS just wasn't in an economic position to resist them for very long. They were getting a lot of, they're not only seeing a lot of losses from themselves, but also losses to their customers. And they were afraid that they might go to other carriers if they didn't resolve this quickly. Fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. 
And, and I saw an economic firm projected that even just a 10-day strike for UPS would have been, I think, a $7.1 billion hit to the economy, which obviously the American people would have been felt. But where it, it feels like we are in this this world right now where you've got, obviously, the rail strike and then in Hollywood, the, um, the actors and the writers strike. But this one, I think, probably would have been felt the most by the American people. Um, can you tell us why? Yeah, I mean, well, as we saw in the supply chain crisis in 2021, it only takes one crack in the link here to have a sort of cascade effect in other areas. And the further problem is that once you start having these problems, they compound each other. I mean, you know, uh, if this good stuff flowing, they start piling up and then you have to find places to put them. You have to find, you have to be able to get, get them when you need, when you, you need to get back to them. And that whole sort of issue just sort of creates further problems down the line. And so after a while, it becomes difficult to sort of uh, fix the problem, even when you've come to agreement with everybody. And that was one of the issues here. So um, the other, the other thing is, I mean, the unions have, they know that they're in a good spot right now because we have an extremely tight labor market employers are still looking for people to hire. They're not in a position where they can lay people off or um, uh, get rid of as many. They're afraid that if they, if, they, if they do that, they may not get them back. So, and the unions know this, so it's a good time for them to threaten uh, to withhold labor from them in order to get the, the goals that they want out of contract negotiations. Yeah, that's a, that's good, a good point. point. Leverage does matter in those negotiations, no doubt about it. Sean, I want to ask about this. There is a lot of union support for electric vehicles, but that means their union members are losing jobs. There seems to be a lot of discontent. I was just up in Michigan recently. A lot of discontent uh, among the auto workers that Joe Biden and their unions have left them behind in favor of China. Is this something likely to play out in the 2024 election? It'll certainly be a factor. I mean, it'll allow those uh, factory workers are going to be pretty disgruntled for obvious re- for the obvious reasons you just pointed out. But the thing you have to remember is that the union movement of today is not like the union movement of uh, our father's generation. Um, the 20th century manufacturing was the backbone of the labor movement. Today, it's much more um, public sector and um, service industry. And they just don't rely on these things as much. And um, a lot of them are also very sort of woke and environmentally oriented. So they're in favor of things like EV vehicles. And the, one of the bitter truths of the union movement is that as much as they'd like to talk about solidarity, um, what's good for one union isn't necessarily good for another union. And so sometimes they do fight amongst each other on these things. And the reality is the manufacturing uh, sector of the movement is losing strength to the other sectors of the movement. Wow. Fascinating. All right. Since we're talking about EVs and what we oftentimes see as uh forced things down the American people's throats. I wanted to ask you because you're one of your expertises is deregulation. Um, I it doesn't appear that this administration is big on deregulation. During the Trump administration, we saw a lot of red trade tape just being yanked out of the way. And not that I think that this administration is amenable to a, a regulation overhaul. But if they were, what would be some of the areas that the Biden administration could really deregulate, stop hamstringing uh, the industry to help slingshot the economy. Um, you know, they can they can allow uh, job licenses to be transferred from uh, one state to another. Licensing reform has been one of the big issues. Um, and it's been a bipartisan mm-hmm. thing um, that both the both sides have put forward in recent years. But for some reason, there just hasn't been a whole lot of traction uh, by it. I think the individual states resist this and that always becomes an issue. 
Um, and yeah, there are other there are other sort of areas where you know we can sort of cut cut the tape away. The problem is, as with these things always in Hollywood, what benefits one person uh, doesn't benefit doesn't necessarily benefit another people. And there's a lot of people for whom the status quo um, is where they get their meat and bones, and so they're not necessarily likely to want to see a change in this type of uh, regulations. Yeah, really interesting point. Um, I always use my time out of Washington to kind of gauge things that are going on. In the last year, I've had a lot of teachers come up to me saying, well, we don't agree with our unions. Uh, the parents obviously saw what the teachers unions and school administrators were doing during COVID. It seems like there's a ripe moment for an alternative teachers union to maybe sweep the country. Do you see any evidence of that happening or could it happen? Uh, and just no one has picked up the mantle yet. Um, it definitely can happen. There's there is a lot of momentum uh, for that. I mean, even some of the uh, even even sort of before this year, there was a lot of discontent among the teachers unions and the way they treated things. I mean, one of right. the um, uh, one of Nancy Pelosi's strongest allies was a congressman uh, George Miller, right. who for many years was one of the uh, chairman of the labor committee. But he often clashed with the teachers unions on. Um, education reform because he wanted to have better schools uh, for his state and they weren't uh, participating with that. And I think since the COVID crisis has happened, that has opened up a lot of people's eyes to the both the power that the unions have and the fact that the unions aren't necessarily wielding this to the benefit of the students. They're benefiting it to their members, the teachers, which stands to reason if you think about it. But it's one of those things that the unions have, have generally obscured. They've always said, well, what's good for teachers is good for students. Right. And parents are sort of picking up to the fact that that's not really the case. All right, folks, we got one more to go. It's a good one. Phil Bell, you're going to enjoy him. and talk about the economy right after these messages. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back, everybody. Every time I go to Washington, I will admit that as I'm driving into D.C. and I see the Capitol Rotunda, I just kind of get this icky feeling because of all the corruption that exists underneath that rotunda and just in the city in general. But I will say that there are actually some good things that come out of Washington. For instance, the group that a lot of you have probably heard of, FreedomWorks, 
they dropped a documentary called The People's House that takes us inside the minds of federal lawmakers who came together to defy the status quo and return power to the American people. So joining us now to talk about their latest project and President Biden's current standing with the American people ahead of 2024 election is the director of external relations at FreedomWorks. He is my very good friend, Philip Belfield. Good to see you. It's good to see you, Amanda. It's always a pleasure to be with you and John. This is one of the best shows out there for political analysis. So I'm happy to be here. Good to have you. I, I agree. I, I happen to agree. And I, I've been to your office and I know that a lot of people in your office often have our show on on their TV. So that's really nice to see. Um, all right. I want to dig into this documentary, though. And I actually you know, what? let's start with a little piece of it, because I want people to kind of get a feel for the mood and the tone of it. Let's roll it. I was a part of all three efforts to get rid of John Boehner. I helped organize the second two efforts, one with Jim Bridenstine and the third with Mark Meadows, which worked. But we did the lazy thing. We changed the person. We didn't change the institution. And so when when John Boehner left and we got Paul Ryan, who I also didn't vote for, nothing changed. In fact, things got worse. What I wanted to see come out of that conflict was a better institution, not a different speaker. There was a group that had started negotiating, not with McCarthy, but with McCarthy's team, about rules. We had multiple meetings going on. Sometimes we were all in one room, sometimes we were divided up. We brought moderate Republicans in to help them understand what we were doing and even receive their input. Where they said, well, what is it you're actually looking for? And so we kind of started laying it out and they said, well, yeah, well, this is not a problem. Why is this a problem? And we're for this. And we started having this conversation. Well, we certainly recognize a number of those faces because we just had Andy Biggs on this morning. We had Thomas Massey on in the last yeah. week. We have Scott Perry on very often. These are all Freedom Caucus members. So is, is this documentary from the perspective of folks that uh, I think contributed to the fact that there were 15 votes for Speaker McCarthy, but these Freedom Caucus folks? Absolutely. Yes. So our goal with the documentary is, number one, to make sure that people had the opportunity to see what was going on behind the scenes, hear what the members are saying, hear what they're thinking, but also understand that where it came from. So this wasn't just a spontaneous desire to say, OK, well, we don't like Kevin McCarthy. Let's go ahead and stop his effort to be speaker. No, it was a long term effort to change the rules, to make it so that the people's house actually contained the people's voice. And then that would give Republicans and those of us who are conservatives on the right side of the aisle the chance to show the American people that what we want to do is actually change this country in a positive way. So our documentary wanted to show that. And I think it really did a good job when you hear from people like Chip Roy, Andy Biggs, Andy Harris, you name it. Yeah, it's it's and the message is right. They didn't change a speaker this time. They changed the rules of the institution. They changed the way the institution behaved. And we're seeing the impact. When you look back, Phil, what is the what are some of the changes that have really been beneficial to the American people from that few days of drama in the beginning of January 2023? So the two I always like to highlight, number one is letting any member offer an amendment, because so often, you know, if you've watched the uh, the I'm just a bill, you get the idea that the person you elect <laughs> from your district is going to be able to go there and say, well, hey, let's modify the bill this way. Let's modify the bill that way. And of course, you will send an email. You'll make a call. 
and otherwise. Well, over the last few years, whether it was Nancy Pelosi, Paul Ryan, or John Boehner, that was not an option. And so that meant so many members and the voice of so many Americans was locked out. So making that a change was very important. It's been very critical and beneficial, I should say, to every American. And the second is the one person vote to vacate the chair. So no longer are we living in a time where because you're speaker, you're imperial, any member can say, hey, wait a second, you're not listening to me. You're listening to us. You're not making an effort. So you know what? Let's go ahead and vacate the chair. And remember what happened the last time, 59 and a half days, as Mark Meadows says in the uh, video, that John Boehner was gone. So that has an impact. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, I think when that video, that Schoolhouse Rock video was made, it might have been the case. uh, But obviously, corruption has changed a lot of things on Capitol Hill. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of this polling that we've seen with respect to Joe Biden's approval and disapproval numbers, because as you look at the metrics, you have his his approval and his disapproval. And then it's like they they high five going in the opposite direction, because now he's underwater by, I don't know, like 14 points. There are 41 percent of people, Americans on average, who approve of Joe Biden. I'm not really sure who those 41 percent people are. But what does this polling data look like and what does the trajectory look like for what's going to be what 15 months from now, 16 months from now? Well, I always like to be cautious. So first of all, for those of us, as as we all all are on the right side of the spectrum, that's good news. So making sure that more Americans understand there is a problem. I think one thing that's really important part of this polling data is that you have a just constant drumbeat of negative economic news. Sure, you might hear that jobs grew in one quarter, but guess what else grew? Gas prices. Guess what else grew? Inflation. So that is reminding every American day after day that they really don't have the money to live comfortably, live realistically, or get anything for their work. So that's a negative for Joe Biden. However, you made a very good point. We are about 15 months away from a presidential election. A lot can change. And if there's one thing that Democrats have been very good at, it's being able able to put lipstick on a pig. And so what we have to do is make sure to keep the message out, the American people understand, and don't fall for that lipstick on a pig in August, September, and October of 2024. Yeah, very important, because the news media will be buying the cosmetics for that operation as well. We know that. (laughs) Uh, So I want to ask real quickly, I think Kevin McCarthy keeps defying the odds because he and the Freedom Caucus others have been working. They didn't think they'd get the NDA through. They did. They didn't think they'd get through the China stuff. Democrats crossed over. Are you surprised at how much Republicans have been able to get done with just the three, four, five vote uh, margin? Got about 30 seconds Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I really am surprised about that. But at the same time, you know, that was the goal of this. Now, we had a meeting last year and it was off the record, so I'm not going to name any names. But someone came there and said, hey, you know, it'd be really good if we had a small majority as opposed to a big one, because the small majority would be much more effective. And of course, everyone in the room said, gosh, that that can't be true. Well, (laughs) sure enough, it is. And you're seeing it now. Republicans are working together, putting together good legislation. And it's also forcing Democrats to come along. All right, folks, that wraps up the Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for having brunch with me on Sunday. I'm always honored that you spend some time listening. I hope we delivered on some great guests. Andy Biggs had a lot to say. Chad Wolf, so many other great guests that came on back to back this week. Brian Shimming, of course, giving you a rare 
preview of what the Republican presidential debate looks like in a couple of weeks and what the convention looks like a year from now. That's pretty fun. All right. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it with your family. God bless you as we're in the dog days of summer. Thank you for listening. We'll have regular programming back on Monday morning. Until then, God bless you and good night. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.